0: You are locked on NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And just like that, it's week 14 of the NFL regular season. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast, Friday edition. We're your hosts, Bo Brock, your boy Q. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at NFL Pods, at Bob Rack to follow me at your boy Q two five four to follow Q. I'm the host of the Arizona Cardinals podcast, Locked On AZ Cards. Give us a follow on Twitter as well. We've got some great Cardinals content for a slumping football team. Hopefully, getting them back on track this weekend. Same thing goes for Q. Your squad, the Raiders. You're the daily host of the Locked On Raiders podcast, one of the most listened to podcasts in the nation. Also a slumping team. (laughs) Let's not talk about them slumping, man. They pulled out a victory at the end, damn it. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I mean, thanks to Greg Williams and his defensive decisions, and now he's looking for a job. You got to catch
1: the ball. You got to throw the ball. You got to make the play. So, you know, you got to play the whole whole game. You can't play it all except for five seconds. You got to play the whole game. So I'm going to ride with that was a lot of skill there involved. (laughs) Can you take me through, like, real quick for our locked
0: on NFL listeners, the emotional roller coaster you, that you were on last Sunday with that Jets Raiders game?
1: Yeah, actually, you know it's funny, man. Uh, they had just uh, failed on fourth down, and they gave the ball back to the Jets, and so I kind of looked over at the wife, and I said, "Well." I guess I'll be talking about how the season is over and there's not going to be a playoff push for the silver and black. And then all of a sudden they did something that their defense hadn't done all day and that was a force of three and out. So they get the ball back with like 30 seconds left, 33 seconds, no timeouts. And I said, well, you drafted a guy at number 12 overall because of his speed. You might as well, you know, see what he's got, right? Go ahead and use it. Go ahead and test it. And then they went over the middle to Darren Waller and I thought, well, that's nice. You gained 20 yards, but you need 80. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so... <laughs> What's going on? And and so there was some time, you know, Derek Carr spiked it. He threw one deep to Nelson Aguilar, and, well, it goes over his head. So I said, well, that's it. That's a wrap. And then, lo and behold, the very next play, uh, Derek Carr lets that thing loose, and he's in the air. If you go back and look at it, he's in the air when he throws it. And it's just hanging there, hanging there. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God, Henry Ruggs is behind him. And then I'm thinking – don't drop the ball, Ricky. Don't drop the ball. And he catches it, gets in the end zone, and I don't even think I could say anything. And Bo, you know, I'm not one that's at a loss for words, but I had nothing I could even say. All I could do is just jump up off the couch and pump my fist and and look at the TV. Like, did that just happen? I mean, it was dog. It was amazing. Um, Peter Bukowski, who obviously hosts a Locked On NFL on Monday, he had me on the show talking about it. It was just, it was incredible, man. I just, I, I still, even a week later, I still can't believe it.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was good to see rugs. He made up for a crucial fumble he had late in that contest, so that was kind of nice to see the rookie rebound. But I look—I normally I would say I don't know how you feel about that, but covering the Cardinals and witnessing the Hale Murray and De- De- DeAndre right. Hopkins coming down with one uh, a couple weeks ago, I absolutely know how you feel. And that's just—you know—there's the thrill of victory. You and I got to feel it, but we've also felt a lot of agony to feed. But we do know that this football season is different in Pepsi. They're the ones that are getting us ready for game day no matter how we watch this season. Pepsi, the refreshment, we need the power through game day and to become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game queue. It's made for those who watch it like you and I. Pepsi made for football watching. We've got a big podcast on tap. Massive games with major playoff implications on this Sunday. Part of our Sunday six pack. We're going to get into all of those games. Plus, you know, talking about the silver and black queue is. Is this the week Chad Millman is going to bet on your Raiders?
1: Well, you know, it's funny, man, and I don't want to start no stuff. I don't want there, you know, don't start no stuff. There won't be no stuff. <laughs> I've heard through the grapevine that he's starting to come around. Maybe that uh that play at the end of the game against the Jets, maybe that kind of turned the tides. I think he said, didn't he tell us before he was a Jets fan? I think he said that. I'm not sure though. Maybe I'm making that up. Either way you look at it. I think he's starting to come around the corner. We'll see in segment number three, though. I'm excited about it. With all that
0: being said, we did have a Thursday night football game. Last weekend, last week we didn't because of all the shuffling around due to COVID-19 and and all the issues that were going on as far as Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh. And this week we we had a game. And Q, we saw Cam Newton get benched as the Rams dominated the Patriots in the Super Bowl 53 rematch that nobody really seemed to uh, pay any attention to, but that's your Locked On NFL lead story. Rookie running back, Cam Akers, was unleashed 170-plus yards. Jared Goff had a pair of TVs, one on the ground, another in the air, and the Rams' defense continues to dominate, scoring a touchdown for the third consecutive week. Kenny Young, 70 yard, 79-yard pick, six, as the Rams dominated this one, 24-3. to three. What were your main takeaways from this contest?
1: You know, I've just been really impressed with what I've seen from the Rams' defense as of late, man. They, they've really come on strong. I know Sean McVay, he's known for being an offensive guru and being the quarterback whisperer, and, of course, he kind of saved Jared Goff's career. I get that, but, man, that Rams' defense is something special, man. I, well, they have six sacks on the day. I mean, they're just they're just getting after it. Aaron Donald, he could be in the, in the running for defensive player of the year each and every year, and I know the NFL likes to spread it around, but no joke, no doubt about it that he could be the guy each and every year. Uh, He tied, what, Derek Thomas uh, with uh, with, uh, sacks in the first seven seasons. He had 85 sacks in the first seven seasons of his career from the inside, from the tackle position, not the edge rusher, from the tackle position. 85 sacks. Aaron Donald's an absolute monster, and he had a great game. That defense had a great game. And as long as that defense could play like that, there's really no limits to what the Rams could do.
0: No, there really isn't, and I completely agree with you. When you look at what they're doing up front with the big hog mollies, the defensive linemen, and then on the back end, that seems to be taken care of because of the guy they just paid a whole bunch of money in Jalen Ramsey, and then Troy Hill is complimenting him on the other side of it. He's had uh, had a big fumble return. He had a big pick six against the Cardinals last weekend, pass defense last night, and uh, they're just rolling defensively, and it begs the question – If they can get it going, and Jared Goff can be this guy, I mean, he did have a pick last night, but for the most part, took care of the football. If Jared Goff can be that guy, that game manager with this defense, I got to imagine the Rams are going to be a big-time player in the NFC playoffs.
1: Yeah, no, they really are. Again, I mean, Jared Goff, he he's he's good enough to get it done. I'm not, never is gonna ever mistake him for a Hall of Famer, but he's good enough to get it done. You see that they were in the Super Bowl just a few years ago, back in Atlanta when they lost to the Patriots. Uh, they they can absolutely make a deep run. Now I know that that uh, that division, the NFC West, as you very well know, is very competitive, and Seattle's gonna have something to say about that. The Cardinals have something to say about that. But I'll tell you, man, as long as the Rams got the defense that they do, and they're playing that the way that they are, uh, getting you know, like I said, multiple sacks a game uh, turnovers and creating uh, points off of turnovers by the defense in the game like, they, they, like they've been doing consistently, they they really have a big opportunity, man. And it's something about getting really, really hot at the end of the season when it counts the most. I mean, they have the potential to make themselves a deep run.
0: They really do. And it's, you know, some people are getting away from this cliche because the league has gone so offensive but you know, defense wins championships. And when you look at the strength of the Seahawks in that division, and you look at the strength of the LA Rams, I think that they just get the slight edge with the way that their defense is playing right now, but things can certainly change. Now let's look at the other side of this. As good as the Rams looked, the Patriots looked equally as bad. Cam Newton benched in this game. He goes uh, nine for 16, just 119 yards passing. He had the interception that pick six after the Patriots had just forced their own turnover. And, uh, You know, have we seen the last of Cam Newton as quarterback of the New England Patriots?
1: I mean, I think they should. You know, I haven't been impressed with Cam Newton really outside of the game he had against Seattle early in the season. I think, what, was that week two, maybe? I mean, it was early in the season when he threw for almost 500 yards. He really hasn't been that good this year. And the thing about it, against against Seattle... He threw for all those yards. That's when Seattle's defense was giving up all those yards. I mean, me and you could have thrown for a couple hundred yards. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't stopping anybody. So uh, Cam has not really been that good. He's really been a shell of himself. Uh, those injuries that he's uh, sustained over the years when he was with the Carolina Panthers, in my opinion, have really caught up to him. Uh, even when he tries to run the ball, he doesn't really look that comfortable out there. He just He's just not that dude anymore, and un- unfortunately, I think his uh, time as a New England Patriots really going to come to an end, unfortunately, the, the way he does not want it to. Uh, You know, I I don't think that they have him return next year. And I honestly don't know what team really wants him next year because he really, to me, cannot provide a lot. He he doesn't bring a lot to the table as far as I'm concerned.
0: I mean, he's going to have to take a backup role. Is he going to want to do that? He took the prove-it deal this year with the New England Patriots so they can move on, really no problem there. Uh, But it's it's weird. They fall to 6-7. and So, you know, as far as the AFC playoff picture, their odds just became... Pretty rough Uh, mathematically, they're still in it, but you know the odds of them sneaking in with the remaining schedule—it's it's it's a long shot. You know why not see you know if the guy Jared Stidham, who for the bulk of the offseason the Patriots were moving like he was going to be their starting quarterback, see what he's got at this point. You know that Cam Newton, what he's about at this point in his career. I just think that uh, the Patriots could learn a lot about a guy that you know going into next season. And Stidham, Stidham, could he be somebody they could move forward with? Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how the evil genius Bill Belichick uh, plays this out. Now, I will say that uh, they have one good thing going for him. Gunnar Oshevsky. he's a a big-time threat in the return game. I've seen him now three weeks in a row make big-time plays as far as their special teams, but other than that, there's a lot of work to be done on this Patriots team.
1: No, there really is, man. And I'll tell you, going back to Jared Stidham real quick, I, I think that the Patriots kind of know who he is. You know what I mean? They did, like you yeah. said, they pumped up all summer long how he was going to be the starter. He was going to be the guy. I actually saw him for a year at Baylor before he decides he wanted to transfer to Auburn. So I, I kind of know who he was. He's always been made to be an NFL quarterback. Uh, I think he's good. I don't think he's great. And I think that after they pumped it up, how good he was going to be, and they were going to see him as a starter. I think they realized that hey, this dude's not ready, and that's why they went and made the move for Cam Newton. I think Jared Stidham's probably a backup quarter at quarterback at best, and that's not a that's not a knock. That's just. It's just who you are, you know. It's just who certain guys are. Uh, you can make a good living that way. Uh, but I think that the Patriots need to figure out how to dip into the draft to go get them one of the young studs. I think there's about six quarterbacks that should go in the first round of the draft uh, this upcoming year, and I think the Patriots are going to need to get one of them.
0: Yeah, the consolation prize to the Trevor Lawrence, you know, sweepstakes isn't isn't that rough. And the, even like as you said, down the list, uh, some good quarterbacks there is even you can get to like BYU's Zach Wilson, and I think some guys view him. Potentially, you know, Troy Lance from North Dakota State. We'll see uh, if the Patriots become players for any of those those prospects down the line outside of Lawrence, who looks like he's destined to be a New York Jet after their loss to your Raiders, Q. Let me, uh, one th- thing before we get to our six-pack here. As the Rams, they've equaled last year's win total at
1: 9-4. and four. Where do you stack them up against the elite in the NFC? That's a really good question, really good, because there's times that I look at the Rams, and and especially earlier on in the season, I said, I don't really, you know, I'm not really buying that. You know, I'm not really drinking that Kool-Aid right now. But again, uh, with everything I said about the defense and how it's really coming along, and in my opinion, really leading this team right now, uh, I got to put them up there at the top. I almost actually, you know what? I might even give them an edge over Seattle. As much as I like Russell Wilson and think that he at one time was in the the running for the MVP, he's kind of fell off and turned the ball over quite a bit. He just hasn't been the same guy. Uh, his team hasn't really helped him out a whole lot, even though DK Metcalf is a stud. Um, the defense is still a suspect. Uh, I think that I think that them and the and the Seahawks are kind of running at neck and neck. So wherever you slide in the Seahawks, you got to have the Rams right there. Maybe maybe even a step ahead of them.
0: They've already had a win over Tampa Bay, and we haven't seen them match up with, like, New Orleans yet or, uh, you know, one of the other top teams like Green Bay. But I got to think that they can play with those guys, and uh, I, I don't know. I think that the the Rams have earned our respect as yep. far as the NFC goes, and this continues to be kind of a murky picture as far as the elite teams in that conference, where the AFC, I think, is uh, the,
1: the the elite, the, the cream and the crop, have kind of separated themselves. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're on to something right there. Uh, it should be interesting, though, man. I mean, this, this this is crunch time now. You know, you're in the final quarter of the regular season, so all these teams will kind of uh, work themselves out in the wash, in my opinion. It's Bo Brock, your boy QQ Myers, hanging out here on a Locked On NFL Friday.
0: We've got our Sunday six-pack. Some huge games coming up with major playoff implications. Plus, is Chad Millman, is he going to finally bet on Q's Raiders, and he's got some great insight on Week 14 NFL betting. It's all coming up. It's a Lockdown NFL podcast.
1: Here we are back on the Locked On NFL podcast here on this Friday, December 11th, 2020. Bo Brock and your boy Q, and it is our favorite time of show. I mean, it depends on how you look at it if it's our favorite time of show. I mean, we got Chad Melman coming up, and I like to give him a bad time. We got a little bit of running beef going, so that's always fun. But uh, I do think that this is our favorite part of the show, and that is when we crack open our Sunday six-pack. Bo picks three games. I pick three games, and we break them down. We let you know exactly why we're excited about them, we're intrigued about them, why they're going to be on the TV, and we're going to be totally locked in on them. So with that being said, Bo, I know you're armed with your uh, your three games. Go ahead and give me the first one in your six-pack.
0: Yeah, it's two teams that I think we all expected to kind of be with in this playoff race, but how they got there, I don't think anybody anticipated this. The Minnesota Vikings on the road taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Vikings miraculously making their way back into the thick of things Going, uh, winning five of their last six. Not without drama. They needed to go to overtime last week against Jacksonville. They had to squeak by the Carolina Panthers with some last-second dramatics from Kirk Cousins and team uh, and his team. And uh, you know, I, I just I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Which team's going to show up for both sides of this one? Because I can really envision Tampa Bay getting back on the right track and beating down the Vikings or the Vikings keeping this thing close and potentially shocking the Bucs with a shocking victory and continuing their, you know, run back into this NFC playoff picture. It's it's really shocking because the Bucs, they're not playing the best football. They've dropped three of their last four. Tom Brady's had a tough time taking care of the football. Seven picks over that stretch. Uh, this has got to be a game where Tampa Bay takes care of business and gets this W if they want to be continued to be talked about and discussed as what we talked about last segment, one of the more, Uh, one of the top teams in the NFC and remain in play for one of those top seeds. It's got to be a big game for Tampa at home. I think that they're taking on an an inferior opponent. I think that there's obviously talent on the Vikings team. But as far as their defense goes against Tampa's offense, the offense for Tampa needs to kind of flex this week and show that they're uh, the premier, I guess, side of the football in this matchup.
1: Yeah, this is really intriguing to me as well, and, and, you know, Tampa Bay is one of those teams that they were basically crowned before the season started, and I'm not really, I'm not that guy that gets down with all that. I mean, you got to prove me something. Just because you have Tom Brady, I get it. You got Gronkowski to come out of retirement, I get it. You got Bruce Arians, I get it. There's a lot of reasons to like them on paper, but you don't win games on paper, and so I kind of didn't like the fact that everybody was kind of rolling out the red carpet for him before it ever really got started, and talking about they're going to be the first team to host the Super Bowl, and, you know, and all that stuff. So I kind of, you know, that left a bad taste in my mouth to begin with. And uh, obviously, as a as a Raider guy, I'm not a Brady guy. Uh, that's 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 for sure. But I'm just, I, I don't know, man. I always thought that they were overhyped, and they've had moments where they played really well, you know. And I had to give them credit for that, and thought, okay, maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe they really are going to be that team. And then, like you said, uh, you know, down the stretch, they haven't played that well. It looks like there's almost like they peaked already, and now they're just kind of coming back down to earth. Uh, on Minnesota, on the other side, man, I thought they were. Were going to be a player in the NFC North thought they were going to be competing with Green Bay at the top of the the food chain and you know they got off to a terrible start but I think they're starting to turn the corner I think that they're starting to do exactly the opposite of Tampa Bay which is get better right now instead of you know kind of level out and or even get worse so uh, I'm going to roll with Minnesota in this game let me go ahead and jump into the first game in my uh, my six-pack this one to me you're probably going to get a good laugh out of it the 0-12 Jets at the 8-4 and four Seahawks. And before you say, wait, what the hell? Why in the hell would that be the game that intrigues you? This is the reason why. Obviously, we all know how the Jets lost last week. They lost at the last second of the game to the Raiders. That's not the reason why I'm intrigued by this game. The reason I'm intrigued by this game is because the Seahawks, the team that they're playing, the, C- the team that they have to go visit they lost to the Giants, the G-men, who have won four in a row. And so the Seahawks are kind of licking their wounds right now. Like, what in the world just happened? They didn't get, you know, embarrassed like they they lost to a team that didn't have any wins, but they still lost to the Giants who who uh, who th- live in the NFC least. So they want to lick their wounds, and they want to get get better. I want to see how much the Seahawks come out there and just put it on the Jets. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm thinking that this is going to be a bloodbath, and maybe that's not right to want to wanna see destruction like that. I just think Russell Wilson – DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Bobby uh, Wagner—you know, what I mean, all those cats. I think they're going to come out there with a purpose and, and really want to put it on someone just to just to take out their anger. So I think that the Jets are really going to be the whooping boy uh, this week, and maybe maybe Adam Gase don't get out the weekend. Maybe he don't uh, he don't survive Monday. Maybe that turns into Black Monday for him. We know the end is near for him anyway. But I just think the Seahawks are really going to—they're going to give the business to the Jets just to to take out their anger from last week's loss to the Giants.
0: And Russ is due. Russ hasn't had a big game in a long time. Last time he threw for, what, three-plus touchdowns? He threw for four against the Niners. That was all the way back in Week 8. We're staring down Week 14 Q. In the last couple of weeks, he's gone from one touchdown and a pick against the Giants. He threw a touchdown against Philly, and that's it. And then two touchdowns against Arizona and a victory. But he's he's really been quiet as far as throwing the football. And I gotta imagine that that his guy, DK Metcalf, and that that whole passing attack wants to have a get-right game, and that's the absolute M.O. of this New York Jets team. It's when you're struggling, you just go, and you the best medicine is playing the gangrene. Yeah, I think Russ and them are going to get back on track this weekend, and it's going to be pretty epic to watch. If you got those players on your fantasy team, you're probably going to do pretty well. Let me tell you about another fantasy stud since he's taken over the starting reigns since uh, Drew Brees basically had a 1,000 ribs break a couple weeks ago. Taysom Hill getting the nod over uh, Jameis Winston. We thought he was going to be the next starter. It's Hill instead. And Taysom Hill, the last couple weeks, three starts, he's completed at over 71% of his passes. He's thrown for a touchdown. He's got one interception, and he continues to get it going, show off that athleticism with his legs, four rushing touchdowns, averaging just under 60 rushing yards per game. And he's kind of being a fantasy stud along the way, probably helping out some guys as they enter fantasy football playoff time. But it's going to be the New Orleans Saints on the road taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. The uh, it seems like they've just been struggling the entire season. And Jalen Hurts, Q, making his first start of the season, and he goes up against the defense that continues to get healthier in the New Orleans Saints. I don't uh, envy Jalen Hurts getting his first start here. Carson Wentz probably. Uh, avoiding complete disaster against this defense. I don't know. I think that this is uh, the Saints, they it, it seems that like it, it takes them a little bit to get going and then they get going and next thing you know, they're winning pretty handily. I expect the same
1: results on Sunday against Philly. I do, too, and I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I think he's going to be a good quarterback in the league. I think he might be getting a start a little early, but uh, if you see what Carson Wentz has been doing, you don't blame Doug Peterson for going in that direction. Uh, On the other hand, man, uh, you know, I think that the Saints, you got to give them a lot of credit. Their coaching staff, Sean Payton, all those guys, a lot of credit. I mean, anytime Drew Brees is out the last two years, all the Saints have done is go (laughs) 8-0. You know what I'm saying? Like, who goes eight and no when they're when they're starting quarterback, their franchise quarterback, their soon to be Hall of Fame quarterback goes out? Well, the 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 Saints do. Uh, shout out to the Saints for doing what they do. Uh, I think they come away with another victory uh, this Sunday against the Eagles. As a matter of fact, I don't even think it's going to end up being close. And uh, on the other side, like I said, Jalen Hurts, uh, good luck to you. I hope you have a good good game. But, um, yeah, this this ain't it. <laughs> like the kids <laughs> say, this one ain't it. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's not how it gets done. Uh, my second game in the six-pack, the Cowboys sitting at 3-9, and nine, traveled to Cincinnati, who was sitting at 2-9 with no Joe Burrow. Cincinnati used to be an attraction for me because I would like to see Joe Burrow and what he could do. Uh, and the Cowboys are just kind of a dumpster fire right now. Who knows what they're going to do. Uh, they've been plagued with injuries all year long. They just wrapped up uh, week 13 a couple days ago against the Ravens and where they almost gave up almost 300 yards on the ground rushing. Uh, That's embarrassing. Uh, I just want to know who's going to be the better of the two worst teams. You know what I mean? Like I just want (laughs) to know if the Cowboys are going to continue to free fall and end up with a top three, top two, top three pick and what they'll do with that in the draft or if the Bengals are just going to kind of stink it up the rest of the way and stick there with only two wins on the season and be up there with a top three pick. So I'm I'm kind (laughs) of just intrigued by this to see which team is going to stink it up the most uh, I, I, have a feeling that the Cowboys are probably going to find a way to stink it up because it's on the road and they're coming on a short week, but, uh, who knows, man, it's three and nine versus two and nine. So that's kind of, it's kind of where I'm at with that game.
0: Uh, the way that you speak about this, I can't wait to tune in. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I I'm just, I'm circling it on my schedule right now. I've got to tune it. No, this is the, uh, the best non quarterback draft pick bowl right here. This is because, you know, Jacksonville, you know, that, uh, the New York Jets likely going at the quarterback position. And then there's these teams after them that have their quarterbacks. Dak's coming back for Dallas. They'll figure out a long-term deal. And then you've got Cincinnati, who, of course, has uh, Joe Burrow locked in for the uh, for the foreseeable future. Who's going to go out there and who's going to have their pick of the litter as far as the best non-quarterbacks in the NFL draft? And whoever loses this game is going to have a pretty good edge on that. Uh, probably going to be Cincinnati. Are they going to go out and get Penny Sewell from Oregon the top tackle in this draft I think that they don't want to have to compete with Dallas for that and a loss would go a long way but no I is Dallas gonna try to continue to compete it didn't look like it on Tuesday night football earlier this week they got run all over and I don't think Cincinnati has the ability to do that but man this is just gonna be a sad matchup it's always fun to watch Dallas lose though so I might just tune in to watch that and uh you know that the fake Dallas fans out there stopped watching weeks ago so I'm just going to watch it to enjoy for myself. Let me tell you about my last game cue as far as the six pack goes. And it's the Washington football team at five and seven taking on the San Francisco 49ers that are clinging to NFC playoff hopes, you know, following their most recent loss. But San Francisco at five and seven, bottom of the NFC West, taking on Washington, tied atop the NFC least. It's a shockingly kind of uh, under-the-radar good game, and I got to imagine that uh, the Niners are probably the – I don't know, am I wrong in thinking that they're the favorites in this game given um, how well Washington's played the last couple of weeks? That's a good question. I, I would say that, that you know,
1: they probably are, but, I mean, how could you go against Washington and Alex Smith and what he's got going on? Yeah. And what the, you know, they can make life
0: uh, miserable for Nick Mullins yeah. with that front seven that they've just been playing so well and would wash. And you called this yep. Tuned in the last week's episode. You called the upset of the Pittsburgh Steelers from the Washington football team. And for them to rally back from down 14, nothing in that contest, I, I guess me counting them out right now, they probably would appreciate that somebody that doesn't know what he's talking about counting them out once again, but uh, Alex Smith, He's got blood gushing out of his good leg, still <laughs> right. making plays. Cam Sims making one-handed catches. I don't know. Maybe I sh- I'm g- I'm. going to pivot on this one, and I'm going to say Washington football, they're going to get it d- done to continue to be in the thick of this
1: NFC East race between them and the
0: Giants shockingly
1: yeah you know and I'm gonna keep, keep riding with Washington uh I, I like that that front seven man that defense is no joke you know they made some really good plays on Monday night to, to beat Pittsburgh uh, you know Chase young number two pick overall out of Ohio State you know made a great play at the at the goal line on fourth down uh, just outstanding you know and like you mentioned uh, cam Sims coming up with one-handed catches and again just going back to Alex Smith and everything he's gone through how can you hate on that dude how can you not want to kind of see him succeed ron rivera everything he's going on with his health how can you not want to see that guy succeed oh and by the way he also stepped into an organization that's a dumpster fire had to change their name and somehow ron rivera's blocked out that noise and got his team to play some ball they're not the greatest team they're not going to make a deep run in the playoffs but i hope damn well that they win the nfc lease so uh yeah i i'm gonna roll with uh, washington and this one to, to get the victory over san francisco for all those reasons and then some so now let me go ahead and give you my last game in the six-pack, and this is actually going to be a good one. And I think that that Washington-San Francisco game is a good one. This one is really a legit good one. Uh, the 11-1 and Chiefs at 8-4 and four Dolphins. And the reason I bring this game up is because the Dolphins, I don't know if anyone thought they were going to be at 8-4 and four right now in the season. Uh, Brian Flores did a really good job last year when everyone said that they were tanking for Tua. Uh, he still ended up with the number five overall pick and uh, still was able to get Tua, but won five games, you know, when they were supposed to be tanking, when they were trading guys off, when they were collecting draft picks, and they went out spent a lot of money in free agency, and that defense is playing really good. Xavier Howard leading the league in interceptions with eight. Byron Jones shutting guys out on the other end. I mean, and this is, this is a playoff game. You know, this is a game that has a lot of playoff implications. If Miami could come up with this victory... Uh, They're sitting in a really good place in in the AFC as far as playoff goes. I believe they'll be at the number five seed if they win that game. So the Chiefs are obviously going to be either number one or number two. Them and Pittsburgh are battling back and forth. They're in the playoffs. It's not going to be a big deal. But – the Dolphins are jockeying for position. So that's why I really like this game. I think that Kansas City is going to win it. Uh, as, as the host of the Lockdown Raiders, I hope that Kansas City wins, wins it, which is weird to say uh, because I need the the Dolphins to lose a couple games, but I don't want to take anything away from Brian Flores and company because they are absolutely, what I like to say, cooking with grease. They're playing good ball.
0: Yeah, it's gonna the next two weeks are going to be huge for the Kansas City Chiefs and then the final two games of their schedule are kind of bunnies with the Falcons and the Chargers. You've got the Dolphins and you've got the Saints coming up. And those are two pretty complete teams. They don't have a lot of holes as you kind of outlined on their rosters. But the Miami Dolphins' success is contingent on having the opposing offense makes make mistakes. And I just don't think Patrick Mahomes makes those mistakes that they can really turn into big plays for their defense. You know, they make they make plays in all three phases, defense, special teams. And this is a tall task for Tua to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. As well as they've played, I just I have a tough time against anybody. I don't care if it's the Pittsburgh Steelers betting against the Kansas City Chiefs. Most valuable player for the second time in his career. It's got to come to him. And Patrick Mahomes, he's playing at a great le- high level. I like the Chiefs in this game, but that doesn't take away. The Dolphins are exactly what you said, right there in the thick of this AFC playoff picture.
1: Yeah, they're doing really, really well. So it's going to be a fun game to watch, good game to monitor and check out and see how it goes. And the AFC in general, man, just kind of seeing how their whole playoff – uh, you know how the playoffs uh, shake out as far as the AFC concerned and the NFC as well. But uh, I think I feel like the AFC is really, really competitive right now. So uh, this is a fun time of year, man. Uh, it's the fourth quarter. You're going to see a lot of good games. Uh, you know we got a lot of good games to talk about. Matter of fact, uh, we got Chad Millman from the Action Network. He's going to come up next with us, and he's going to kind of give us his thoughts. Who is he feeling? What teams does he like? Has he come to the dark side? Is he going to? Is he going to go for the Raiders? <laughs> is he going to put some bread down on the Raiders this week? Well, we'll find out next. Coming up in segment number three of today's. Locked on NFL podcast.
0: It's a Friday here on the Locked on NFL podcast. Of course, you're following along on Twitter at Locked on NFL pods at Bob rack at your boy Q254Q Myers, Bob Brock. And now your boy or your boy chat. Yeah. Chad Millman <laughs> joins us from the Action Network. The favorites is the podcast. It's a must listen. If you want to make the smart bets bets each and every week. On that NFL action, and we're looking at a huge slate of games, some big spreads, and Chad's going to try to make some sense of it all as he does every week. Chad, how you doing, my man?
2: I am good. I, I, I was worried you forgot who I you, who you were talking to there for a second. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, you're our boy
1: still. You're just yeah. not our boy, Q. Now, no, the truth is, he's your boy, Chad. Now, because he's starting to come over to my side, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But he's starting to be, you know, he's starting to be my homeboy now. We're getting somewhere here.
2: Maybe, maybe I'm seeing the light in the dark.
1: There you go. There you go.
2: Well, you're going to have to stick around and figure out what
0: exactly we're talking about. But of course, if you've been listening each and every Friday, you might have a little sense of what's going on, but let me start things out. looking at our week 14 action. Uh, a couple of big spreads. As I said, the NFC North matchup where you've got the Detroit lions and an interim head coach who was successful in beating the bears last week. Uh, they are getting eight points on the road at historic Lambeau Field. Do you like the Packers in this matchup, or are you like the, uh, the Lions getting a touchdown and then some?
2: I think I probably lean towards the Packers right now. You know, the coaches when there's a coaching change, you get that initial pop, um, and this this just happens. We we've run the math on the Action Network, and we've done stories about this. We did it recently. After the Texans uh, fired Bill O'Brien and after the Falcons fired Dan Quinn, um, it's a good bet to make on the team the following week. Not as good the following week after that. <laughs> and when you're talking about when you're talking about a Packers team that is just better, like Aaron Rodgers is probably someone who's going to sneak into the MVP conversation with Patrick Mahomes. Um, and consistently, they've been. They've been beating the teams they're supposed to beat, and when you're getting a Lions team that honestly just isn't very good, uh, and in what they, giving up beating the Bears the way they beat them, you're not getting credit for that. Uh, you're going to be downgraded the following week when you're playing a real football team. So um, I like the Packers in this spot.
1: Well, another team that's in the the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings coming on uh, pretty strong as of late, even though they squeaked out a victory in overtime against the Jaguars a week ago. Uh, they're in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a, a pretty heavy favorite. Uh, how are you feeling this game?
2: Well, in this one, I actually like the Vikings. And to me, it's, it's a little bit about their defense for forget about what happened with the Jags like that. There were some fluky things in that game, and I feel – and also, like, the defense, you know, they only gave up about 17 points. It was the – you know, they had a pick six in there, the Jags did. So the Vikings defense has been getting better and better, and I am not convinced that the Bucs have found sort of the consistency that they've been able to find. And honestly, like, there's so much about Bruce Arians' offense that doesn't play to Tom Brady's strengths about throwing the ball downfield. And he, I don't think Bruce Arians is putting his, his defense in very good spots. He's putting them on the field in tough spots late in halves and late in games instead of trying to find a way to grind clock. So I like the Vikings here. Mike Zimmer has gotten this defense playing significant, uh, consistently better over the course of the season after he figured out sort of what he had with so many defensive departures. Um, So I'm good taking the Vikings here as a a nearly touchdown underdog. Make sure you follow
0: Chad on Twitter at Chad Millman, listening to his podcast, the favorites for more NFL week 14 betting action. Now you're, you're usually big and most betters are on home dogs and the New York giants are home dogs. And they're funny enough. One of the hottest teams in football, they've won four straight and they're going against one of the teams that's slumping. They're a hail Murray away from having lost what five straight in the Arizona Cardinals, how do you uh, perceive this game? The Giants, the GMN playing host with the Cardinals, and does it matter whether or not Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones is back in the lineup for the Giants? Uh, the, to I guess where you decide where you're putting your money.
2: It doesn't matter too much for me because this game is really about the Giants' defense. Uh, they're about a field goal um, uh, dog at home, and. The Giants' defense has just consistently played well all year. Even when they were a terrible team early in the year and looking like, you know, Joe Judge was going to have a team that was 1-15, they've just gotten better and better, and that defense is really one of the reasons why. And we've seen the Cardinals are just getting really, really frustrated offensively. They are not finding ways to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, and the Giants have really good – Corners right now who are playing at Pro Bowl levels. Um, so I and, and I think that Cliff Kingsbury also historically he's just not very good late in the season, like he consistently loses the majority of his games late in the season. Going back to when he had Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, um, mm-hmm. and he we're starting to see a little bit of that uh with the Cardinals right now. So I think there's some brewing frustration, a lot of momentum for the Giants, and a really good defense. So, and if all I get is a home underdog and the better defense, I'm going to take that.
1: Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm excited. Uh, Chad has decided to come on over to the dark side. Uh, that's at least the rumor that I'm hearing, that you're giving a little love to my Raiders. And uh, the Raiders are, are hosting the Colts this uh, this week. Big, big game, has a lot of playoff implications. Uh, they're actually the home Underdogs, You know, uh, I believe Indy's plus three right now. Uh, What are your thoughts on this one? Is it true that you're you're feeling the Raiders a little bit on this one?
2: I am feeling the Raiders a little bit uh, on this one. Um, They are the home underdogs. They're three-point underdogs right now. And my take is as much about the situation as it is about the Raiders, meaning I've got a team that almost lost to the Jets, Uh, a team that just had a really, really big win, with the Colts. Uh, and so I've got a buy low, sell high. And I definitely want to sell the Colts here. Um, also because Phillip Rivers is just playing injured, right? He's got turf toe and that's a really tough injury to fight through. So um, both injuries on one side and marking conditions on the other are leading me to taking, uh, taking the Raiders. Nice, I like it. I like it, welcome. Stay a while. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> wow. I'm
0: going to play meteorologist here and believe that a cold front just hit hell, <laughs> <laughs> and it just froze over. Chad Millman, I'm unbelievably looking and liking the Raiders as home dogs against the Indianapolis Colts. Hey Chad, let me ask you one question before you got out of here, putting you on the spot again. Uh, the MVP race, as you kind of mentioned, Mahomes, Rogers. Is there anybody that you like at this point in the season that has tremendous value that you could probably throw a little bit down on, and it? pay
2: off come the only only person is Aaron Rodgers um it's really Patrick Mahomes uh race to win but Aaron Rodgers does have like a schedule that lines up you know we talked about the Lions this weekend he's got a couple games over the course of the year where he's going to be heavily favored against defenses that aren't very good and there is a chance you know that they could sneak into the top spot in the NFC and he's going to end up with really really gaudy numbers and so um, regardless of what you can say about their defense or what you think about sort of him and sort of his consistency the last few years, he has had an incredible sort of return to glory. And uh, I think that that's the only spot where I think about putting my money other than Patrick Mahomes. But there's not going to really be anybody who matters for the next decade other than Patrick
0: Mahomes. <laughs> I think I think you're right. Uh well it's your boy Chad, it's your boy Bo and it's your boy Q That's with right. the latest for week fourteen gambling insights. Let's win some money this weekend, my man. All right,
2: fellas. Take care. Thank you.
1: Well, what do, you, what do you know about that, Bo? He, he finally uh, He's finally seen the light and has come over to the dark side and uh, riding with the Raiders. Uh, I wonder how long I can keep him around. Or you think this is maybe just one of those one-off type situations? It might be a one-off, but I think he's
0: just trying to get in your good graces and get a uh, nice Christmas card from you and your family. Uh,
1: yeah, not going to happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, One week does not change it. I, I appreciate that. Your boy Q Bo Brock hanging out here, and that's going to be a wrap for us this week. It's been a fun episode of Locked On NFL recapping last night's game between the Patriots and the Rams. Make sure uh, you're listening to those podcasts as well. Locked On Rams with Sosa and Locked On Patriots with Mike DeBate. They've got some great insight today. And our guy on... Monday. Peter Bukowski is going to have a full recap of the games this weekend, Q.
1: Yeah, he is. He does a really good job recapping all the games. Not only that, he does the Locked On Packers show as well. Does a heck of a job. And uh, yeah, it's definitely something that you want to tune into. And I'm excited about this weekend, man. It's the fourth quarter of the NFL season. A lot of playoff uh, implications on the line this weekend and the rest of the the weekends of the regular season. So yeah, man, uh, this is a great time to be an NFL fan. Absolutely. And uh, if you love this
0: podcast, of course, you can check out one that's very similar to it. It's the Peacock Peacock and Williamson NFL show. It's a great podcast, great listen to tune into after us. Have a great weekend. Enjoy those games Q just mentioned, and we will talk to you next Friday.